Adrian Garaldi, and we are back with another testimony for this week's episode. It's going to be a great one, a beautiful one at that. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So today's guest is a youth minister in the Orlando Diocese. She is a videographer and a photographer, and fedora hats are her trademark. You can follow her at gijo93. Her name is Joanna Ojeda. Welcome, Joanna. Hi, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being so willing. I mean, this is, was super like spontaneous and and uh, what, like last week, two days ago, three days ago. Yeah, really? yeah. I think it was either Monday or Tuesday we talked, something like that. Right. And, and then suddenly, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Right. Want to want to be vulnerable and share your heart? <laughs> so thanks for being willing to do that. Yeah, of course. Actually, you know, most of the people that I interview are people I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're one of the few people where I have just met and are coming on to the testimony. So. We met because only because we were youth ministers in the same diocese. Right. And on Monday, I mean, we've met. We, I mean, I think I followed you on Instagram a long time ago, like maybe a few months ago, because of our director of youth ministry in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Carlos. Good old Carlos. <laughs> Carlos Bernard, if you're listening, we love you. We do. Um, you're the best. Um, and. You know, everyone like it's fun because when all the young young youth ministers get connected, it's like just you know it's refreshing to see like you know, there's a lot of young people out there that are trying to help the other young people out there, oh, the yeah. younger people out there. Yeah, it's refreshing to see other young adults who are passionate about their faith and doing right. what you do. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's a uh, refreshing to see you're not alone. Because, yeah. um, believe it or not, we're. We're not we're not few and far between, but like, <laughs> but it sometimes it feels like it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, why the fedoras? <laughs> so this is kind of an embarrassing story. I okay. have, I I've always loved tats, and mm-hmm. um, I guess almost a year. Wait, you say ago, tats or hats? Hats. I mean, okay, tats are cool, okay. too. I don't have any, but tats are cool, too. <laughs> um, no, but I, it, I'm in really, I, I've always been into hats. And mm-hmm. about a year ago, I just took the plunge and bought my first hat. And part mm-hmm. of the reason was because I have really bad dandruff. And oh, really? <laughs> this is so embarrassing. And hats were a really good way to, like, make it not a problem anymore. Oh, right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have I have thus since found a cure for the dandruff, so that's not a, a, a worry or concern anymore. But the nice. hats kind of s- stick around and stay anyway. So that's awesome. She's no, I just my like trademark I, now. It is your trademark. Even her little emoji or bitmoji has yeah. it. It's fantastic. <laughs> and if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, um, you you'll see in the snippet if you if you uh on a, go on Instagram, check out the snippet for uh. Uh, today's episode and you'll see probably 
a picture of her with a fedora <laughs> on. So yeah, it's awesome. you know, I try to make my bitmojis, you know, true to life as possible. <laughs> right, I, I love it. I do that too, and my friends are like, "Wow, Adrian, you have the best. Uh, you, your your emoji looks like so much like you." I was like, "Yeah, I've spent like twenty minutes every other day making sure it looks like me." Updated. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I I only update mine like every season. I'll change her outfit like as the right, seasons yeah, same. go by, you know. But same, same. <laughs> like I I think I got to change it to a spring outfit for mine now. <laughs> I know. I think mine's been in plaid too long. Got to change your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot in Florida to wear plaid anymore. Yeah, it's too hot in Florida, period. <laughs> Ever. Always. Always. Um, so, again, this this idea for, for testimony, um, these testimonies, is just to get some, you know, like I said, vulnerability is really big for me. I say this every episode, for, but for those of you who are new, uh, vulnerability is... Uh, very important to me and into my ministry and to this podcast. So um, because of C.S. Lewis's quote um, in The Four Loves, uh, to love at all is to be vulnerable. And as Christians, we are called to love. And if that requires us to be vulnerable, if you think about it, everything that requires, uh, everything that you do to love people does require some sort of a level, some level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um and whether you are going to love them or lo- get love back, it's, you know, loving in general is vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was like, especially if you're taking the risk to to even announce that word, I love you, to, like, you know, if it's a broken relationship with your father, your mother, um, who maybe have never said that to you in your entire life, or, you know, to a significant, significant other, it's a risk, and it's being vulnerable to be able to say that. So um, I think vulnerability vulnerability to me became very important um in college and as i started my ministry in youth ministry um or god's ministry in youth ministry um and so i wanted to put that part of the podcast and give op- people opportunity to share their hearts and share their um share their stories and hopefully help you uh to be to see like if you're struggling with the same thing or you struggle with the same thing that you're not alone one and two you're able to heal from whatever that is and three be able to be vulnerable about it too you know um and maybe you have nothing unrelated to any of this any of the testimonies but hearing these softens your heart hopefully too you know yeah so thank you for uh, being willing to uh share your heart with everyone yeah, I mean, I I'll be honest. I'm I'm very nervous, but right. you know, being vulnerable kind of comes with the territory of what we do, and and I think yeah. I will counter your C.S. Lewis quote with another one, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is you know, be random, be weird, be who you are, because you never know who will love the person you try and hide. Ooh, and I uh. I may have messed up the last part. But it's something mm-hmm. along those lines, you know. Right. But I, I am that's weird really and great. I am random and that's okay. So <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not so going to hide. No, I love that. Yeah, that's be true to who you are. Be uh, don't I mean, let people in is what it is. You know, people are yeah. often trying to I mean, are the people that we minister to the teens, they often are trying to put on a facade of sorts off, you know, I mean, we all are. But oh, yeah, it's often that teens feel like they need to yeah um, and so and i don't think that that way. 
necessarily goes away either. I think. Oh yeah. You know, even for me as, I mean, for us as young adults, sometimes I think, oh gosh, I gotta, you know, put, put up a facade. I gotta put on a front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta be a good prayer. I gotta. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like I gotta have it all together before I show up to my peers. No, yeah, totally. But I feel like you, uh, when you're in high school, it's when it really starts and it's really confusing. Yeah. I think yeah. when you get older, you're able to admit to those things more than they are there. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what separates. Uh, that's uh, that's what a few years separates us. You know, mm-hmm. from experience. So other things never change. I mean, the other day I pranked my friends that I was. I cut my hair bald. I saw and, that and I was like, yeah. there's no way that he shaved <laughs> off his hair. I don't for one second believe this. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like there's there's a chance that it could have happened if I messed up. I might have I might have done something drastic like that. But I just have a really big forehead that I was able to pull it back and go. Like, <laughs> and the funny thing is, I did this back 10 years ago. And I was a sophomore in high school when I pulled this prank and people were very upset with me because I was known <laughs> for my mohawk. <laughs> I was like known for this Asian mohawk. You had a mohawk? Like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had so many different, I had a perm in high school too. What? It was, yeah. It's, we don't go back there unless we try. I to. think that's cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. I remember, I remember somebody telling me, he's like, <laughs> I got the perm so I can look like Bruno Mars. I could like. <laughs> curl it up and do the pompadour for prom and i remember one of my classmates like you're gonna regret that when you're older i was like no you no i won't i love this stuff and then, then i looked back at it i was like dang dude was right <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny i love going back and looking at it now it's like it's fun i mean i enjoyed it then i enjoy it now just in a different way yeah you know so i um yeah so i pulled the same prank back in 2010 where i pretended like i shaved my head and i used the same caption i was like wow some things really do never change i didn't mean to use the same caption i knew i was pulling the same prank but i didn't know i was pulling the same caption too (laughs) and uh, which was just regret and i was like wow some things do never change like (laughs) fantastic (laughs) anyway um so let's get into your testimony let's do it all right cool um were you a born and raised catholic or were you a convert I am a cradle Catholic, so I was nice. born and raised Catholic. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, what what was your upbringing like, um, being uh, raised Catholic? It was something that was always very important to my family, to my parents. So we were the people who went to mass every Sunday. I think when mm-hmm. I was growing up, I missed mass like once or twice because I was super sick and couldn't go. But we uh-huh. were the people who, if we were traveling, we would find a local mass to go to. It was really important. Nice. Um, to my parents. And I remember one of the things that I am so thankful that my dad did. Well, my mom too. My, both my parents did this. But growing up, whenever we had a question about our faith or like, hey, why do we do this? Why do we believe this? I never, ever once got the answer. That's just the way it is. Just because. Right. I don't know. Um, my dad is a cesspool of useless knowledge. So he knows a lot about Catholicism. Um, so most of the time he knew the answer, but if he didn't, they would always look it up and then mm. they would bring it to the dinner table and we would talk about it. So it was, wow. it That's was Im- awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm very, you know, looking back, I, I realize now as an adult, how appreciative I am for that, that their witness to me. Honestly, I feel like that's very, not 
it might be rare. Like with my teens and their families, there's only a handful of them that are that are maybe like that. You know, there's others who are just like, I'll see you every I'll see you every day until you get confirmed and then I guess I'll see you whenever you decide to come back to mass. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like it's it's sad, but it's awesome to see that there's still fa- there's families out there that are doing that because you know as youth ministers, if always there's always that tug and pull of like, like oh it's the family's fault or it's the youth minister's fault, and there's always trying to push the blame on somebody. But like honestly, yeah. why can't we just work together? You know, let's yeah we all build have the, the same domestic mission. church. Yeah, let's the build the domestic goal. church. Let's let's uh, supplement that at youth group and yeah and yeah so. But it's it's beautiful to see, and I'm glad that you were able to have that because I mean, my my parents, you know, bless bless them, they're awesome. But I didn't have that, you know, I, and nor did I really ask, to be honest. Like, or do I remember asking mm-hmm. much questions? Only time I started asking questions when just before I had my conversion, um, or a reversion, whatever. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, did you have any siblings? I do. I have. I am the oldest of four. Oh wow. Yeah, so there's four of us. The youngest is a senior in high school this year. Um, So I actually had the opportunity to, I was my two youngest siblings for two or three years. I was their youth minister. Oh, really? Which was really, really special. Yeah, I was a youth minister at my home parish. And before I even applied for the job, I approached them both and I asked them, I said, hey, I'd like to apply for this job. Are you okay with this? Because I won't do it if you're not. not. And they were both like, no, that would be awesome. And and. It was a really awesome awesome opportunity for me to strengthen my relationship with them. So the four Mm -hmm. of us are extremely close. (laughs) That's so cool. So how was it? How was that, like, ministering to your siblings? In some ways, it was really, really fun because Mm -hmm. it was just a new dynamic. You know, we're not in the house, so I have to be a little bit professional. But there was a level of comfort there that I could still be my goofy, weird self. And I knew I could always count on my siblings for things, you know, like on peer ministry. You know, my sister was really involved in peer ministry and she was one of the the leaders of youth groups. So it was really and my sister's my best friend. So we we had a really good relationship and it was an awesome opportunity to be able to work with her like that. And um, yeah. Yeah, in some ways it was challenging. <laughs> yeah. You know, I my my baby brother, I love him dearly. He's actually helping oh. us do all the live streaming for Mass because he's a tech whiz. Oh, cool. Nice. You know, but he was dating one of the girls in youth group, so that was challenging because uh, I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah. how do I do this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, the no purple rule, but I got to talk to my kid brother about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, That's and we fantastic. would do theology of the yeah. body retreats and she would be there like, you know, his girlfriend would be there. And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is awkward for her. Is it, I mean, <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, but I, I think it really strengthened our relationship because my awesome. um, we're my the older of my two brothers is two years younger than me. And then my sister is six and a half years younger than me. And my youngest brother is. Um, eight and a half years younger than me, so there's a huge cool. gap between yeah between us. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, did you? Because uh, I have yeah, I have a huge gap between me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. I have three older siblings, half older half siblings, and then I have one 
younger sister who is 12 years younger than me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So she, um, she is in, she's 13. She's in seventh or eighth grade right now. And, uh, she is, I think she's in eighth grade. Oh man. I don't remember. But she's been joining, <laughs> but she's back home. And since like online ministry has, you know, I, I realized like last year or a couple years ago or two years ago when I first started, like, shoot, some of these kids are signing up for faith formation or like in middle school or my were born the same year as my sister. And then some of them that are like my peer ministers are like a year older than my sister. I was like, shoot, I need to start talking to my sister differently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's right? not my baby sister anymore. Like, right? Oh, man. And you gotta, you gotta like get get the in with her. Like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? What's cool? What's right. you know new? What's going on? Right. <laughs> I think I, I think um, my sister and I are the, I mean, the closest because, um, I mean, I was with her for most of her entire most of her life, except for then when I went to college. And then went away. So we we Facetime quite often, and she was just she was like Facetiming yesterday during work. I was like, Chris, I got I got other stuff to. I'm like I'm working right now. I can't talk. <laughs> and uh, she was like trying to find proof that I didn't actually shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, show me the hair. <laughs> show, show me your head. Move move your hands. <laughs> But she knows me, so. Um, but she's been joining me on these like the Zoom calls. So, since uh, we've been having to do stuff online, yeah, um, I was like, "Hey, Chris, do you want to join me for you know these things?" And she's actually been one of she's like the one of the best people I've been ministering to because she like actually takes what I say and like tries it. Like I mm-hmm. told her, we told her like, "Hey, like fight, do do these uh things for prayer," and she does them. I'm like, "Oh." Okay, well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Somebody is taking what I'm <laughs> so, yeah, picking cool. up what I'm putting down. Yeah, and it's like I guess that makes me be more confident in the fact that other people are doing it too. Hopefully, and mm-hmm. not just letting me talk to them for x amount of time. And right, you know. So, but that's cool. That's awesome. I, I always wanted a sibling that was closer to me, like you have. I don't know this gap. You said there's a gap, but you know, still. It's still closer. Yeah, it's than, still less than twelve years. So yeah, much less than twelve years. So would you say that your your parents were one of the more crucial parts of you being Catholic today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that um, who was more of the? Were they both the role uh, role models, or was one more stronger? You said your dad was very knowledgeable about stuff, but how yeah. about your mother? <laughs> Um, yeah, I would definitely say the people that were influential in my faith life were, were my parents and my parents are very different in their approach to, to everything. Um, and I'm, I'm very similar to my dad in this regard, which is why we, we butted heads a lot growing up actually. But my Mm -hmm. dad is very outspoken and he's very, um, you know, when you ask him something, he'll respond right away. And my mom needs time to process things. Uh, and she she has patience, and my dad and I do not. <laughs> so, you know, right. when I would ask something or I would want to know an answer, I would want to know, like, right now, and my mom would, would kind of say, like, mm, let me think about it. Our joke was, give me three right. business days to <laughs> think about <laughs> and process it. Uh, you know, but That's I, funny. and I, I didn't appreciate it 
as maybe a young, um, like a kid growing up. But I think mm-hmm. the older I got, um, like in college and even in you know my young adult years, I, I appreciate that so much more because I can tell that my mom is really taking the time to think about whatever situation is going on and pray about it and then respond to what's happening. So, you know, both had gifts and talents in the areas of like where I was um, stretching and flexing my Catholic muscles growing up, you know, and they they both provided different things. And then uh, I would say my my youth minister also was a huge um, part of my faith life growing up. She was kind of the reason why I wanted to, to do youth ministry mm-hmm. too. That's awesome. Was um, you, were you in the same parish this entire time? Yeah. So, well, I was baptized at St. Stephen in Winter mm-hmm. Springs. And then when Most Precious Blood opened up in Oviedo, I started attending there. And Sue Karpinski was my youth minister there. And she is just one That's of the most awesome. incredible women I've ever met. And we're still really good friends. And That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's still my home parish. So I still go to mass there, and mm-hmm. um, well, when we can go to mass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss a church. <laughs> yeah, right. I I I feel very very blessed because I'm on kind of the production team for right. the live stream mass at the parish that I work at, which is Saint Stephen. So I'm mm-hmm. able to go, but it's you mm-hmm. know I I recognize the the gift that I have in, in being able mm-hmm. to go, you know, cause right. I know it's really hard for a lot of Catholics. Yeah. It's right. It's just like we, we've, we had our live stream masses like way before we, this entire thing started. Like when I got there, it was already established The mm-hmm. our current pastor was the one who started it like a few years before I got there. And so like, it was an easy transition into live streaming because it was already, already there. And we just had the camera set up and we turn on the switch and it's on. Um, and so we don't need a, sta- a, a, a production team to like get on. And I was like, oh, man, I know all these churches that have like these like, you know, one person that's in there is like, oh, to be that one person. You know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we but. we really had to. And like I said earlier, thank God for my my kid brother, because we didn't have anything like that mm-hmm. ready to go at our parish. And so right. he really did a lot of the hard work and figuring out how to do it that's awesome praise god that's so cool um so before we get into the meat of your testimony why don't we take a break here and uh we'll get right back to it sure sounds good So This Made, The Living Person is bringing back the Mile a Day in May Challenge, and you and your family are invited. If you know me, you know that I did the Mile a Day in May Challenge last year, and I went from a 13-minute mile to a 9-minute mile within the month of May. That was not something I expected to happen, but what a fruitful month that was. Matter of fact, the first episode of Living Ardently was a reflection off of the Mile a Day in May Challenge and the fruits that came from it. So if you want to listen to that, go check that out. The energy of the episode is really low, but the quality of the reflection um, and the fruits that came from it are very, very true. So if you and your loved ones are interested in joining us, simply go to thelivingperson.com and pre-register today and you'll get a free Living Person bracelet as well as 10 challenge cards to go along with it. Again, all you got to do to get that free wristband and those free challenge cards is go to livingperson.com and pre-register for the Mile a Day in May Challenge. 
And then make sure you follow the living person at the.living.person on Instagram to follow along with all those who are doing the challenge as well during the month of May. Again, livingperson.com for the free wristband and challenge cards. And then follow along on Instagram at the.living.person. I hope you consider joining us. I promise you, you will not regret it. If you ever wanted to start a podcast, today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the App Store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. All right, so we're back with Joanna. Uh, she's coming on here to share her testimony today, and we just um, are about to get into the the meat of the testimony. So, um, Joanna, when when did you make your faith your own? Like, when did it start? Like, like yeah, you're raised Catholic and stuff, but when mm-hmm. did you start? Like, oh my gosh, like I love being Catholic. You know, I remember the day we were in the black box theater of a middle school because we didn't have a church building yet, and oh, I was wow. 14 years old, mm-hmm. and. My youth minister came up to me and said, hey, I want you to be on peer ministry. Are you interested? And for, and I kind of said, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was getting into, but it turned into this great, big, beautiful experience where I met all these amazing people and did, you know went on all these crazy trips. And right. at that point was when I wanted to be at church and I wanted to go to all those things. And it felt like I had been empowered because right. I was invited to be on peer ministry and invited to have a voice and a say in, mm-hmm. you know, what things were going on in youth ministry. And I think that's that's, that's the awesome. moment when I really felt like I have a voice in this. You know, right. that's when I kind of felt like I wasn't just a number in the parish, right. but, you know, I felt really like a part of the parish. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's being a part of the parish isn't the whole picture, but... It was when I decided, like, yeah, I, I really love this Jesus dude, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and I like being here, and and I want to, you know, surround myself with with other people of faith, and mm-hmm. I want to be at mass, and I want to do all these things. So that's awesome. That's so cool. It's it, I love asking that because you know, there's always there's always that moment. We always have a moment, you know, like whether it's like a radical like 180 or if it's just like a slow turn like, "Oh, wow, look, there he is." You know, like, you know. Um and so it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see and 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 then that's what started your your life as, you know, um making it your own. So how how did that change over the years? Um was it I mean, obviously it probably wasn't always rock solid strong, oh, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> how did how did that uh kind of continue to grow there? Yeah, I think 
I had probably what a lot of people experience where you have like the youth group high in high mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And then you go off to college where your faith is really challenged. And right. I spent a summer working in Alaska and uh, w- the hours we worked were really insane. We worked like 15, 16 hour days almost every day. Wow. And so it was really, really difficult to get to mass. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really make it a priority that summer. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. a priority when I came back. Mm-hmm. And so there have definitely been moments where, you know, my faith was challenged. But when I came back that summer, there was a time where it was like, you know, I really miss the Eucharist. And I miss... Mm-hmm you know, spending time in Eucharistic adoration and I miss praying and I miss the relationship that I had been building and growing with the Lord, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. high school and in my early college years. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's kind of how it, how it ebbed and flowed. And, and once, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of went through the rest of college and faith was still important to me. I wasn't as involved as I was, but I was still going to mass. Right. And I remember, when I started college, I got my degree in event management because I was on peer ministry and I had loved planning retreats yeah. and activities and events. That's awesome. And so I got my degree in event management because I wanted to incorporate that um, right. with, with my faith and, and do youth ministry. So I had this like existential crisis when I graduated, like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, remembered, oh yeah, I, I feel like God was calling me to be a youth minister and, mm-hmm. You know, some time went by, and eventually, uh, the the gig at my home parish opened up, and mm-hmm. so that's where I landed. So it's it's that's, definitely been an ebb and a flow yeah. since high school, and and it's it's really been challenged a lot in the past. Gosh, I'd say year and a half, two years too. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like uh, I was gonna say, oh, I was like, you know, I was like, I, I want to plan some events in the future, it's like uh, with other youth ministers. I was like, wait. Who should I ask? Like, who would be down to do this? Like, oh, now I know who I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. Anyway, so um, when then was your faith tested the most? Because I feel these are the moments where our our faith is, you know, strengthened, tried, like sometimes possibly wrung dry um, oh, and yeah. then replenished. Uh, so when, when was this? And... Uh, yeah, yeah. Get as 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 much as you want to share as everybody you're oh, able yeah. to share. Well, buckle up because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you never expect that when things you never expect when things are going to go poorly in your life. Mm-hmm. And my my relationship with God has really been tested and challenged. And like I said, the past year and a half, two years. Uh, mm-hmm. So I actually uh, was married before. And, um, you know, married in the Catholic church and he wasn't raised Catholic and he came into the the church. He was baptized at the Easter vigil like a year before we were married and things started off great. And, um, turns out everybody's right. Marriage is really difficult. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, some things had, um, not gone well in the marriage and um he had been unfaithful for for quite a long time um and it was a matter of you know we kind of talked at the beginning like 
facades, right? And at this mm-hmm. point, I was working for the church already, and I felt like I had to put on this facade of, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, my marriage is great, my marriage is fine, I love being married, because, you know, pe- when you work at your home parish and you know people so well, right. everybody asks all the time, you know, oh, right. how are you guys doing, are you loving it? Or they ask you, like, when are you having kids? And it's like, oh, please, oh, like... <laughs> Right. Yeah. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um. So there was a lot of a lot of shame that I had because my marriage was not where it needed to be, and uh, he stopped going to mass, and going to mass alone was really, really tough. Right. You know, and it was still. I was going to my home parish, and I would still go with my family, but. I wasn't going with my husband. That was right. really difficult for me. Anyway, some time goes on, and, and I had gone to marriage counseling. He didn't want to go, so I had gone by myself. And I was really, really angry at God. Like, mm. dude, I I thought we had a really good relationship. Like, I thought you were calling me to ministry. Like, I'm trying to be your hands and feet to, mm. you know, the you know the teens and the people of this, the kids of this parish. And yet this is going on in, at at home and it I I felt like a total fraud. Mm-hmm. I felt like my life was a sham because I was walking into these youth ministry events with a smile on my face and like mm-hmm. you know trying to preach the gospel to these kids and I felt like a total fraud because it felt like at home I wasn't living that out and I felt like oh my gosh if anybody finds out what's going on at home like everyone's going to judge me and and it, okay, so it had come to a point in my relationship with God where it was really like, I could do one of two things. Mm-hmm. I could be really angry and be really bitter and blame him for what was going on mm-hmm. and run away. And, and I did that for some time. And it was a very, very dark and lonely place. Right. Or I could run full steam ahead towards him and like throw myself at the foot of the cross and say like, Lord, I have no clue what to do. I have no clue how to fix this. I am so broken and I I can't do this without you. I can't do anything without you. I don't know what to do without you. Mm -hmm. And found myself just spending a ton of time in Eucharistic adoration and praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet and in journaling. And <laughs> I developed this habit when um, when my husband and I were still together of 15 minutes a day I would pray. Mm-hmm. And we lived in a one-bedroom apartment at the time, and the only private room we had was the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I would... Mm-hmm sit on the floor of the bathroom and just talk to God because I didn't really know what else to do and things were not good, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. So by the time my husband left and we got divorced, um, yeah, it just, it felt like I couldn't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. And then um, God kind of gave me a gift in that I got a call from Father John over at St. Stephen saying, hey, um, if you're interested, I, I, you know, I hear you might be looking for a new job. If you're interested, you know, here's, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to you about this youth ministry position. Mm-hmm. And this was not more than two or three days, I think, after my husband left. Mm. And 
and uh, offered me the job. So I start my gig there, and it was really hard because I felt like I was keeping this big secret from everybody yeah. that I was working with. Yeah. But the blessing really was that everybody that I worked with was people that have known me since I was a kid mm. because I was baptized at St. Stephen and I went there until I was like 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So all of these people watched me grow grow up and they knew me as Joanna Puccio Ball. They didn't know me as Joanna Ojeda. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was met with such acceptance and such warmth and such love from my coworkers, you know, when I finally did start opening up and telling people what had been going on. And, you know, in those moments, they were the hands and feet of Christ for me too. And, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how God kind of puts you where you need to be when you need to be there. And this was one of those moments where, you know, I knew I, I might not know where I'm going or what's coming next because everything had been so out of control, Uh but every step of the way, the Lord was walking with me and sometimes carrying me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk anymore. Yeah. And, you know, really just took my hand and, and walked me home is right is really, you know, how I feel. And, um, you know, he, he offered me a lot of healing in, in the time. So I'm, I'm currently working through the annulment process and, uh-huh. um, there's been a lot of grace and a lot of healing and a lot of mercy through all of this and that he's offered and a lot of long, lonely nights where he just sat there and cried with me. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's, that's um so hard i mean to hear that you had to go through something so trying um but it very very beautiful to see how you're coming out of it you know um and it's it's very easy for for other people for many people to just come out of that not well not yeah. and not still in the church right um most people might have just left you know yeah and you know one of the things that i heard because i i don't really know any other young people our age (laughs) yeah that are you know experiencing this you know there's a a couple people that i know who who are, are going through it right now too but not many young people who've gotten married in the Catholic church and are going through the annulment process. And so I felt very alone Mm -hmm. when I started um, and I didn't really understand it. But one of the things that I was told was that like this, the annulment process is not meant to be a punishment. It's not meant to, to hurt you, but it's meant to um, offer healing and offer um, God's mercy. And that's why it, it, it is a meticulous process and a prayerful process. Right. And that's why it takes time because it's intended to allow you, you know, the healing that you need. Right. That's an, um, a beautiful thing that they do it that way. Um, cause if it was just so easy to, to get done, I mean, how many more annulments would have happened by now, you know? Yeah. Um, it would just be as popular as divorce, you know? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, which it, it's it's interesting the juxtaposition between the divorce process and the annulment right. process. Right. I mean, I had to fill out, sign a couple of papers, and in 21 days or less, you know, it's done. It's over. And that yeah. was so, like, stark and cold and unfeeling. Right. Wow. So to, to experience that, because wow. you have to do the, you have to get the divorce decree first before you can start the annulment process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to go through the divorce process, which is so unforgiving and unloving mm-hmm. and uncharitable to right. the annulment process, which is just so, 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 so opposite of that. It's, it's just been, you know, interesting. Beautiful. Yeah. So how, obviously you've come out the side, um, you talked about it being a bit more, you know, yeah, it sucked, but the Lord cries with you, the Lord is with you, and you know that. But how would you say um, your relationship with him has changed from before and after this process? I think I always had a love of the Lord growing up Mm -hmm. and being a cradle Catholic and um, I would always say we had a pretty good relationship, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily like the the best friend relationship that some people Mm -hmm. have with Mm -hmm. him. And I've never had to lean on him so much before. Mm. So now it's become way more conversational with him the first mm-hmm. thing i do in the morning is good morning god yeah thanks for waking uh, me up this morning yeah. and talking with him you know as i'm making my bed mm-hmm. before i go to bed i'll say hey god it's me thanks for today here are the things i'm thankful for you know mm-hmm. i find myself talking to him so much more and praying so much more and journaling so much more and Right. trusting him so much more. So it's definite. I feel like my relationship with him is so much more mature now right. than it was at the beginning of this, because like I said, I, it, it was really a humbling of, of myself. Like, <laughs> right. It was very humbling to have to go through all of this. And, and one of the things that I, I like to, one of the metaphors I use with the kids is like, you know, your heart is a garden. And if your garden is your relationship with God, what does your garden look like? Is it dry? Mm. Is it full of weeds? Is it, you know, what does it look like? And I think before all of this started, my garden was totally dead, totally dry. Oh, yeah. And, I like that. you know, the Lord just came in there with me and was like, all right, let's, let's fix this place up. And, mm-hmm. you know, really rebuilt my heart out of the, the mess that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I, I, I think more than ever, you know, to go from being married and having a spouse, you mm-hmm. know, where, where you learn, you know, and growing up in the Catholic faith. And as you're doing marriage prep, you know, you're, you're taught, you know, love is like a, a triangle between the husband and the wife and God. And the closer you mm-hmm. get to God, the closer you get to each other. And, yeah. you know, it's this, it's the sacrament between the couple and God. So to go from that kind of spousal love to that's broken and I don't have that anymore. Yeah. And, like a really questioning of did I ever have that in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. wow. wow. To now I'm like, but I already had that with God. Like God already loves me that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, oh, goodness. 
I mean, I knew what I was, I knew what I was, we were getting into when we, uh, <laughs> when I asked you to come on, obviously, but, um, it doesn't make it any easier to hear or to, to see you have to like go through it. So it's very beautiful that you have, that you are so willing and, and like open to share this kind of stuff with, um, with the listeners and, um, with myself. Hey guys, it's Adrian. Just wanted to come on really quick just to let you guys know that at this point of the interview, Joanna's microphone did go out on her. So we had to transfer into a Zoom call. So that's why there's a slight, a big change in audio quality. Uh, so bear with the rest of this. Uh, it's, it's actually really good. So yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, it's very beautiful, um, your prudence in what you're sharing, your vulnerable, but at the same time still being able to be vulnerable and share your heart and having the courage to do so. So thank you for that. I want to affirm you in all of that stuff. Um, but what is your message to those who uh, might be going through something similar that might be struggling through these things that you once struggled with? Yeah, if you are married and you are struggling, there's no shame in getting help. And there's no shame in asking for help. I know there's a a big stigma associated with, with counseling, but it could drastically change your marriage for the better. And there's some really incredible Catholic marriage counselors. I know Regina Boyd just put out, um, a, like an ebook about on like 10 ways to help your marriage. And so there's there, if you're in a marriage situation, I would encourage you if you're struggling to, there's no shame in in asking for help and getting help. If you find that yourself, if you find yourself in a divorce situation, you are not alone. I know when I, when I first started this process, I felt very very alone. It's like, it's that I would be married and divorced by my age. (laughs) And, uh, you know, especially a sacrament, which is so sacred in the church. So, you know, even if you're a young Catholic who's gotten divorced, you're not alone. So don't be afraid to, to talk about it and to find other people um, to talk about it with. I, it, it was very empowering for me once I started, like, opening up and sharing, you know, what was going on in my life. And I was able to get the advice and the help that I needed. Um, and if you are divorced and you're considering annulment or you're going through an annulment process, um, you know, we just had Divine Mercy Sunday, but this is a good chance to, to really weigh yourself down at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I trust in you. You know, the, the process is a lot out of, out of our control a lot. I mean, there's stuff that we have to do, you know, the, the people filing for divorce, but or filing for an annulment, excuse me. But there's a lot of it that's just Jesus, I trust in you. Wow. Wow. Thank you for um being so bold. Uh I really appreciate your openness, your vulnerability, and um it's inspiring um to kind of to see how uh how you let the Lord work. Um how you let the Lord work in your in this situation and you allowed him in. And, you know, again, just you being so willing to even let people in in that, you know, part of your life, which, you know, was the hardest. So yeah. thank you for coming on and um, and being such an inspiration and a voice of God to others um, and sharing that testimony. Thank you for having me. And, you know, if 
if you're out there listening and just know that I'm praying for you and especially those of you who are struggling with, with divorce because it's, right. it's not an easy thing, right. but you know, know so, you're yeah, being We're always for praying it. for our, 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 um, our listeners and anyone that might stumble upon this podcast. So we're praying for you. Um, and if you want, if you want to uh, get to know uh, Joanna a little bit more, uh, you can follow her at gi joe ninety three on uh, on Instagram, right? On the Insta, and you have a YouTube <laughs> channel. Yep, I do. It's mostly for um, right now. It's mostly for the youth ministry, family faith formation stuff. But there's yeah, a couple. You fun have a spoken word too, isn't that on there? Is that on there too? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I um, I with a lot of help from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wrote a spoken word piece and it's up there too awesome. just kind of it's related yeah. to the situation that you shared with us today yeah. so if you wanted to hear mm-hmm. that if you're into uh, spoken word I remember that's how I actually found like the first first thing I heard about you I was like oh wow I thought it was like a story that of someone you just felt like you know you know so some spoken words are just like made for to cater to other people's stories but I was like wondering I was, like, is this her story or is this somebody else's and Sure enough, it was yours. Yeah, no, that's that's my story. That's awesome. Praise God. Part of it, anyway. Yeah, part of it, right. <laughs> uh, so that's awesome. So go check her out on YouTube. Um, go get to know her some more. Um, all of that will be in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'd love to get to know you guys, too. Yeah. she she. Yeah. Uh, we're just getting to know each other more and more, and this was, like, really, really big for her, I know. So we'd love to, to uh, you know, get her to more people to... F- you know, share your stories with us, with her, with me. We love, we love getting to know yeah. people. We're youth ministers. I mean, yeah. that's what we're I'm, paid for. I'm an extrovert at heart. So, <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> I'm a people person. Right, right. I mean, we're both youth ministers. That's what we're paid to do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at um, Living Ardently um, on Instagram. It is becoming very cool to have uh, the writers, and they're doing so great things with their, their writings and uh, sharing their hearts on the posts. So, like, make sure you're following. We're posting every day um, as much as I can, you know, obviously, as long as the writers are able to. And if you want to follow my personal life, you can go to It's Only Adrian. That's, um, that's always fun. And you can see my pranks that I pull on people. And um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave us a review and a rating. It always helps us, you know, get more views and more um, um, listens from other people that might just happen to stumble upon the podcast somehow. So please rate, please review. And if you're listening on Spotify, anywhere else, just make sure you're subscribed and following so you get notifications as to when we are posting the episodes. So while I don't have a Patreon for the podcast just yet, I do have a way for you all to support the podcast financially through Anchor. If you feel so called to support the podcast financial and, and are able to, uh, please consider giving a um, dollar a month, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you're able to, uh, through the Anchor link in the show notes. Um, I, I it was an option, and I just thought I'd give it a try before to see if there's anybody who would be willing to and. If so, then maybe I'll start a Patreon, but we're testing the waters right now. So, yeah. Um, outside of that, oh, you can also email us at it's um, at livingardentlypod at gmail.com. You can send us some questions for Q&A next month. Uh, we have a bunch of cool things coming next week. Meg, Meg, Megan Wells from Instagram 
um, is going to be coming on as a guest for our first um, May month of collabs in May of collabs. Uh, we're doing a bunch of collab collaborations with a bunch of great people in the month of May. So stay tuned for that. Meg Wells will be the first one uh, coming next week and some cool stuff starting next month. Um, five minute Fridays are going to start. Um, all these cool things I might be posting three times a week on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribing. We'll find out just for the month of May. I, I, I don't, I might burn myself out if I try to keep that up like all the time. <laughs> this is a hobby, not a, a part-time job here. <laughs> so, um, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your love. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. We are on YouTube. So, um, if you're listening right now, we have only like two videos and, a few other content but go on there check it out we'd love to hear from you we'd love to see you there and yeah joanna thanks for again for coming on yeah thanks for having me this was yeah, fun do you have any last things to say uh yeah when are you gonna come uh be in one of my youtube videos anytime you let me know <laughs> figure this out i gotta do i gotta help my another friend with youth uh, youth group night tomorrow so uh but any other time just let me know i have my camera we can do something <laughs> we can make it work happen <laughs> Sounds good. Alrighty. Thanks again, man. All right. Appreciate yeah. It. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope this helps you in some way, shape, or form. Again, tune in next week when Meg Wells comes and shares a little bit about her life. And until next time, keep living ardently. Peace. Peace.